What's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, host of the Rain China podcast and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel. Back with another one in this episode. This is actually a YouTube video that has been reposted as a podcast. Um, there was things to do outside of the Canton Fair. So this was a video that I made specifically for the Canton Fair, obviously. And I just real like I have another podcast and another video that we did um that was tips on the Canton Fair or the Canton Fair is in what it used to be. So those I, I didn't want to do another thing on how to conduct yourself or in the fair. I was like, what should you do when you're not at the fair? Because there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of things to be productive. There's a lot of ways to be productive in China during the Canton Fair when you're not physically attending the fair. Um, a lot of people think that you know if they take a 10-day trip to China that they're going to be every day at the fair, and that's just really not the case. You might be at the fair for a couple of days, three days, four days, and then get all the information that you need, and then you might still have three, four days left in your trip, or you might have another week left in your trip, and you know not really have much to do. So that was basically the whole um, gist of this podcast, and I think it's really valuable, especially if you've been to the fair before. Um, I think. There's, there's actually maybe even more value doing some of the things or attending some of the events that come around around the fair rather than going to the fair itself. All right, enjoy. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. What's up, YouTube? It's Rico here, CEO of Sourcefine Asia, co-host of the Main Channel Podcast, now available on Spotify, by the way, and the host of the Sourcefine Asia YouTube channel. In this video, I'm going to be talking about things to do outside of the Canton Fair. It's a working title, but you get the gist. Apologies if the lighting is a little bit off. Um, it's a little bit later here. It's about 6.30 to 7, so I'm going to be dealing with different lighting conditions. I usually film during the daytime, but, you know, the content is why you're here, so, you know, uh, I'm sure the lighting isn't that big of a deal. Anyways, so Canton Fair, right? Like, if you want to know more about the Canton Fair, I suggest you watch a video that I did last year called The Canton Fair Isn't What It Used To Be. It was sort of uh, talking about how it's not exactly the way people envisioned it was. It is, and it, it used to be something that was very useful for idea generation and finding new products that are sort of innovative, but it's not exactly like that anyways. But you'll see there's probably like a little box somewhere around here with, uh, with a link to the video. And then also we have a podcast called How to Maximize Your Canton Fair Visit. In that podcast, Mike and I talked about the Canton Fair. Uh, again, we'll link up the episode in the show notes in the description. And uh, 
I think that one was a little bit more of a deep dive about some of the other stuff that goes on. It's going to be similar to what I'm talking about today. However, I'm just making it into a shorter, more concise point. I would say there's a couple different things. There's what are you going to do at the fair? Where are you staying in the city? And then what is there to do outside of the fair? So I, I'd say in general, if you want to go to the Canton Fair, if you have a ton of time, you can pick about two weeks to, to, to go to the fair. And there's three phases, right? So two weeks, maybe you can go to two of the phases that are the most relevant for you. But I would suggest if you're going for one phase, you go for a week, you're gonna be in Guangzhou. So Guangzhou is a extremely big city. I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they stay by the fair because they're thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna be at the fair every day and you know I need to be like within walking distance to the fair. It's absolutely not necessary because one, if you take the subway, if you're fine with taking the subway, like it takes from almost any location in the city, it's gonna take 25 minutes at the most to take the subway. It's a very, very efficient system. And we're talking about paying like a dollar, <laughs> you know, that the most, probably more closer to like 50 cents per ride. If you live even, in, if you wanna save money and you can live way out in the boonies, you could still get to the fair within 40 minutes by taking the subway during peak hours. So that's the first mistake I would say, is like you wanna pick an area where you can actually do things outside of just going to the fair every day because it, one, is gonna be tiring, and then two, for a lot of people, they go to the fair, they're here for a week, but they go to the fair for one or two days and they see as much as they wanted to see. So yeah, pick an area like specifically Tianhe. Tianhe, um, Zhujiang Newtown is where my office is, uh, and then Lieda is also part of Tianhe. So Tianhe is like a district. It's it's pretty large. It's the central district of the city. It's also where the central business district is. So Zhujiang Newtown is the central business, business district. It's a little bit of an older. The whole Tianhe is new, but Zhujiang Newtown is the is like the central business business district. But it's the older one. So like and it's relative to China. So like when I say older, I mean like they started developing Zhujiang Newtown like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. That's what I mean by older. And then Lieda is like more, a little bit more residential. That's where I actually live, but Lieda is like, you know, from Zhujiang Newtown, it's like a 10 minute walk. You can go to Lieda, it's like straight on, on the same road. And Lieda came up in the last six to seven years. So you can kind of see a little bit of a difference in terms of the buildings that are there versus the buildings that are here. But for the most part, it's a very nice, clean, you know, modern part of the city. And this is also where all of the Western amenities are. So like, well, not all, but most of them are. You can find any type of food that you want to eat. Um, you know, there's shopping malls, there's bars, nightclubs, restaurants, sightseeing things. As I'm looking, right now I'm looking at the, the Tianhe Stadium where I just watched the Guangzhou team play last, last weekend. Probably have a little clip over there. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of things to do outside of the fair. Like, chances are as well, if you're gonna meet some people, do some, if you have business uh, contacts and things like that that you wanna meet, chances are they have an office in this area of the city as well. So it's a good area to pick. So I'd say pick a better location so that you have things to do outside of the fair. Another area to take into consideration is called the sort of the old downtown. It's called um, Taojin. If you take the subway on the red line, Taojin is one of the stops. It's actually also right next to the Guangzhou railway station, not the Guangzhou East, because Guangzhou East is the train station that you take when you're coming from Hong Kong to Guangzhou. Guangzhou Railway is sort of more central in the, in the city, and that's an awesome place to go to markets and things like that. Like if you wanna buy fake 
whatever. If you want to find fake Gucci shoes, fake Louis Vuitton belts, or even you want to have some custom shoes made, custom suits, any sort of clothing that you can imagine, dress shirts, accessories, like I said, bags, perfume, all that stuff is all there. My shoes that I'm wearing, I don't know if you can see it in the, in the video, but these shoes I bought there, and I guarantee you if I bought these shoes in Toronto, they would have been, you know, $150, $200 plus. Whereas at the markets there, you're getting high quality leather shoes for $30, $40. It's just, I don't care about brands as long as the quality is good. And there's just, a, there's a lot of other things that you can buy. You can buy watches, fake electronics, like if you wanna get like some, some of the fake beats and things like that. Like if you wanna get those type of things, they're also there around Gwinjiro Railway. There's another area called Gunding if you want specifically electronics. So yeah, there's just, you know, pick a, pick a better location. Second thing is try to set up, and I talked about this in the last video, the second thing is try to start communicating with suppliers about a month before you actually arrive in China. Because, you know, for you to arrive here, go to the fair, start communicating with them, and then try to set up like a visit, it's sort of, you're rushing the situation. You're not gonna have enough time. They're gonna be focused on meeting other people at the fair. What you wanna do is, get in contact with these suppliers beforehand, tell them that you're coming to China in a month, and I guarantee you they'll make more time to meet you, whether it's at the fair or after the fair for dinner or something like that. Or if you have the opportunity, you can go to another city just outside of Guangzhou. Which brings me to my next point, give yourself some time to travel to some of the adjacent cities. Like Guangzhou is the main area for the fair, of course, but there's so many in Guangdong province, uh, the PRD, the Pearl River Delta. Uh, you have Shenzhen, uh, Dongwan, Guangzhou. So you can go to Shenzhen. There's a ton of factories in Shenzhen. There's also uh, Huachang Bay, which is the very famous electronics market. And like I've talked about in previous videos, they're developing their own Silicon Valley in Shenzhen. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you could see. And that's a two hour train ride from Guangzhou, you know, so you take the Guangzhou East Railway Station, the same station that you take to Hong Kong, you can take the train from there to, to Shenzhen. It's, it's actually, it's less than two hours, it's an hour and a half to maybe an hour 15. So, you know, that's worth taking a day trip for. Uh, Dongwon, not really much else to see in Dongwon. It's, it was famous for some, uh, some adult things in the past. But Dongwon, you might have factories that are in Dongwon, so you wanna maybe allow yourself to be able to take a day to visit some of the, the cities that are close to Guangzhou. And then the last point I think is start doing research on meetups. Like surprisingly there are, and it's developing every year, there are meetups in Guangzhou around the fair that have come up because there's just an influx of foreigners that come into China at the time and it's a perfect timing for you know some of these guys, the, the guys that are here, that live here, to start hosting events. Like when I was a partner at InterChina, I'm still a member of InterChina, but when I was a partner, we used to host events around the Canton Fair. And there's there's uh, groups like Amazon FBA for You, which is hosted by Chris Davies. I'll, I'll put a link in the description, and I think there's a link to on um, globalformasia.com, Michael McLeany's website. He has a specific page where he just kind of lists out all the events that are available. But the Amazon FBA for You event is huge, man. It's, it's usually two days. Uh, or sometimes they host two separate events, like in, one like in phase one and phase three or phase two and phase three, I forget. But there's hundreds of people, you know, we're talking about 150, 200 Amazon FBA sellers and then also probably sourcing people, probably shipping agents. Um, and they all go to, I think it's Huli's 
and you know they, they pack in there and have drinks and, and, and talk about business. So there's just a lot and there's, and there's ancillary events around that. There's a lot of different things that pop up that are similar to that. I, I'm in so many of these WeChat groups and there's always a ton of events going on around the Canton Fair. So try to, try to do some research beforehand see if you can actually like attend a meetup because it is worth it like you might go there and you might meet your next business partner you might go there and you might meet you know a shipping company that has the perfect solution for you like we had a situation i think it was three years ago when i went to the cross-border summit for the first and the cross-border summit's another one although it's not going to be held in april may in guangzhou this year it's going to be held in october in the fall uh, canton fair in, in guangzhou when i went to the cross-border summit two or three years ago, I just happened to need a lawyer to go through some of the contracts that we had. So we had these contracts that were drawn up in English by a Canadian lawyer, some other contracts that were just like templates that we, we developed. They were good contracts. The reality was that, you know, they need to be translated into Chinese. Otherwise, factories might miss a specific point or legally as well, they could claim ignorance and say that, hey, you know, it was in English, so we didn't fully understand everything that was in the contract. So. I found a lawyer at the cross-border summit and I still work with him today like and I'll reach out to him. He's Chinese but he's got a Hong Kong law firm and he understands import-export, he understands everything about my business so he's kind of like the perfect lawyer for me. And I'll reach out to him sometimes and I'll ask him quick questions on WeChat and he'll he'll answer my questions without charging me. So it's pretty awesome, you know. Um, so you never know who you're going to meet at one of these events. Try to pay attention to them. Um, speaking of events around the Canton Fair, April 29th. I haven't 100% confirmed this, so don't hold me to it, but I might be speaking at the Global Sources Summit in Hong Kong. I believe it's held at Asia World uh, Convention Center. So that's April 29th. I think by the time this video comes out, the promotion should be out. So we have a link in the description for that. You know, if you wanna come through to the, the convention center. Global Sources is, again, again, talking about events that pop up around the fair. They, I think this is the fourth one or fifth one that they've done. So if you don't know what Global Sources is specifically, it's kind of like Alibaba, except they're more strict about who they let onto the platform. So they don't just let any factory onto their platform. You have to, you know, they, they vet all of their, their, their suppliers that are there. So there's a more limited amount of suppliers there, but the suppliers that are there are usually much more reliable and can produce higher quality product. And they've grown exponentially over the years. And now they, uh, they've been hosting this Global Sources Summit. I think it's pretty big. I think there's a couple, there's a couple hundred people. They usually separate the hall into multiple quadrants, and there's like there's a sourcing side, there's a fashion side, there's a you know finance side, there's an e-commerce side. You know what I mean? So like, you know, they separate it into that, and it's over the course of three days in Hong Kong. So if you're interested, you know, definitely register, um, and I'll see you at the the summit. I hope to see you, and it's gonna be my my first like real presentation i've hosted events and stuff like that but like uh, first real presentation in front of like a, that large of an audience so should be fun should be interesting and um yeah so if you like this kind of content like comment subscribe 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 and i will see you guys next week cheers